Six Pack Lapidat. Welcome to the King of the Lifts European Championship Preview Show. Um, originally, uh, Jason Tremblay from the Strike Guys was going to come on, and we're going to do division by division breakdown. Um, my man got sick. It is what it is. Tis the season to get sick, I guess. And uh, but we have Chad Dolan from the Strength Guys stepping in. Um, you you want to give just a, a quick background on yourself? You're a coach from the Strength Guys. Yeah, so I actually started working with the Strength Guys about two years ago. Um, prior to that, I had my own thing back in 2014. Started online coaching. Before that, I was in person personal training, group fitness. I was in college, so I also did club sports coaching and stuff. And uh, I got connected with Jason through Ben Esgro. Oh, yeah. And uh, got connected with Ben Esgro through Mike Zordos, who I studied under for my master's degree at Florida Atlantic University. Did some research with him on powerlifting and making muscles. So, you know, it was just the perfect storm of meeting, you know, everybody when you're in exercise science in college and you're on the internet, you see these names. It was just really cool to be able to uh, work with those guys and eventually stand with them as equals on some occasions. Yeah. So, and it's, I mean, the strength guys really are, when you look into the background, I don't know how they do the, the auditioning process, but it seems everybody's got a PhD masters or like, Holy smokes, man. Powerlifting is at a level. This is not bro science anymore. You know, they, no. you guys are well-educated, my friend. You're not just reading an article and watching a YouTube video, taking templates. Um, you guys have done your homework, literally, and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I spent 10 years and, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on college education to, like, crack the code of being bigger and stronger. Yeah. So, same with those other guys, you know. Yeah, 10 years. Um, how old are you? I'm about to be 29 in a couple weeks. Oh, shit. You must have spent a lot of money on moisturizing too, my man. You look young. <laughs> I thought you were young. Just like, when you said 10 years, I'm like, that. they start you young in the strength, guys. What the shit? They're taking <laughs> apprentices at like 10 years old. You look young. Good for you, man. Good for you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, so we got the European Championships. Um, I think it's important we do it. I know previously when, I, when the World Championships for Sweden rolled around, I had a few Europeans actually pull me aside and justly so be like, hey, heard the preview show. And a lot of Europeans listen to Kingless preview show. And, um, and and thank you very much for doing so. We have a lot of European guests on. So we try to do a world market, um, not just focused on the North Americans um, and particularly the Americans. They got a lot of world champions in the U.S. And some of them have massive social media. But... Sweden, in particular for the World Championships, there was a lot of Europeans that surprised some Americans. Some Americans who were heavy favorites to win came in second, you know, and, and it wasn't just a whitewash with Americans, whether they, the Europeans were taking first, silver, bronze, breaking world records all throughout. And some people were messaging me being like, who the shit are some of these people? And, um, and some of the Europeans were like, hey, you kind of slept on a bit, like huge chunks of Europe leading into your preview show. So I was like, A, fair enough. Um, and so I'm going to up the content for Europeans. And it's going to start with leading into these European championships, interviewed a bunch of Europeans first off. But we're going to do this preview show. We'll go division by division and, and talk about some of the heavy hitters, um, talk about some of our picks. 
maybe some people to look for at the world level because some of these people are returning world champions and world record breakers. And then when the next world championships rolls around in Belarus, hopefully there's not as many surprises for people tuning in. Cause yeah. Yeah, because social media is not as big I as mean, these nations. Yeah, and I mean, if I was one of those, you know, best kept secrets of powerlifting, you know, I might be a little, you know, like, hey, don't don't let the world know what I'm capable of. But, yeah, that's true. You know, you know that's true. Here, here's the thing. When it comes to scouting, you got dudes like, like Jason Charlay. First off, his freaking scouting report he sent me reads like a CIA document. <laughs> like this dude has years of, of data on some of these lifters he sent to me in a file and he's like oh hang on a second and he sent me a second file like here's a more updated like you guys don't play when it when you're not rolling into a competition well let's get let, let's just see what happens that day you've broken out percentages i'm sure you've seen in the back end but this is a freaking comprehensive dossier I got sent to my hotmail. I was afraid to open it. Um, so, <laughs> laying low, and I know we have Matt Gary on for some of our preview shows. Laying low for the coaching staffs, tough, tough, because you fellas yeah. take your job seriously, um, you know, as we just said earlier. But laying low in terms of, um, here's what my concern is like, if some of these people don't get the exposure they deserve, you know, like, I'm like, ah. Oh, I want to give them that exposure, like they deserve it. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm glad we can do our part. Because some of the Europeans are like, hey, man, my English isn't great, but it ain't that bad neither. Get me on. <laughs> Get me on. Let me tell my story. Or very least, let me hear my name because I'm, I'm in the hunt. So, um, so here we are. We're going to start off with the gentleman. And I think we're going to take it um, lightest to heaviest. We'll start right. with a smaller gentleman. Uh, we have, it looks like Eastern Europe is, is represented here. We got Poland, Poland, Russia, and Bulgaria. Now, mm -hmm. I don't recognize the 50, this is the 59 kilo class. We're only going to do the open. If you want, if you have anyone that you think we should keep an eye on or mention in the juniors, but in this recording, the juniors have already started. Um, so it's probably easier just to keep the eyes on the open just for the sake of, uh, I think I'm going to drop this podcast tonight. But the juniors have already started, so it's probably easy just to keep it open. But in terms of gentlemen, I recognize Darius from Poland. I recognize at the world championship level. Um, I've seen him medal several times. Strong lad. And I'm going to consult um, Jason Tremblay's notes here, which are mad thorough. Yeah, two-time M1 world champion. Um, and we have... Uh, Coming off the world champions. So the other, it's, it's basically a battle of Poland, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Who do you pick yourself? Are you leaning towards, I'm probably going to lean towards Darius because he's a gentleman that I know about the most. Yeah. That and like, you know, a lifter like Darius, you said I'm young or I look young, but, you know, Darius has been competing since 97. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's I was I was going to kindergarten when he was competing. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's born in 78, and here's the funny thing. I think if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and he's a little dude, man. He is like a little dude. And um, at the IPF World Championships, his profile for interest read women. <laughs> he was something <laughs> funny like that. He's a funny little dude, but I think he should have this on lock. He's got international experience. Um, he'd be my pick. I think uh, I'm going to go off of Jason's 59 kilo really is in my class in terms of, you know, there's only four lifters. 
So you really, if you really, it's, you're yeah. not going to go veer too far off. Um, I believe the other poll uh, sleds is going to come in with the silver medal. And according to Jason, at least, um, Makamurov from Russia is, is a solid bronze medalist. And are you probably leaning towards the same? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers that we could get from open powerlifting and stuff, like the gap between uh, Darius and Sleds and Makamorov is, you know, tens of kilos. It's not a few here and there. Yeah. So barring any, you know, go for broke, which you shouldn't need to do when the separation is that wide, like, and just miss a lift or have a catastrophic mishap on the platform, like, it should be pretty, pretty much set that he'll come in top and then the guy's... We'll have to fight it out for second and third. Now, it gets a little more interesting in the 6-6 kilo. In terms of, we have fresh off of the Swedish bomb out, and this was a heartbreaking bomb out for Sweden, Eddie Berglund, um, who is an absolute monstrous bench presser um, and probably heavily hated on Instagram for it, but he is flying Eddie the Eagle has a phenomenal bench setup and uh, a monster bench and was expected to do big things at the World Championships in Sweden. He was one of Sweden's big guns in the Open. Um, I know the Swedish Federation was actually thinking he will be the first male to win a World Championship for Sweden. Um, There's a lot of pressure on Eddie. Went out there and um, he bombed out of all things on the bench press in which he is a bench god. Very uncharacteristic of Eddie, and he is looking to rebound, and he's looking to do so at an international level, the European Championship. You can't, you can't rewrite history, but it's going to take the sting off of 2019 if you could do so. However, from France, he's got a Greek name, don't let that fool you. He's on the French team, and he's a coach, and he's well-versed. Is, um, I don't want to butcher his, his name here, but last name, Taranidis. Um, super nice guy, met him in Sweden himself, and watching, I've been following him since Sweden, and some of the numbers he's posting up, he's making some fast gains. I'm expecting his old mark to, to, to be pushed quite a bit by now. From what I'm seeing, I don't know how much weight he cuts. He's not a small 66. I'll tell you, he used to be a 74. Meeting him in real life, he doesn't, he looks like he's still a 74. So, his training to competition numbers might veer. I don't know how much this weight cut takes out of him, but from the numbers I'm seeing in training, Eddie's got a battle coming for him. What are your yeah, thoughts and, on this? And that's what's interesting is, uh, like you mentioned, this is basically a redemption meet at an international level for Eddie Berglund. So you have someone that, that has the, comp- the capability to stand toe-to-toe with people you know, the 74s and 83s on the bench press, Yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's a razor's edge. Like if your bench press is that good, you know, his bench press is uh, 213.5 and his squats 232.5. Like when your bench press is that good, like it's, that's a lot of weight above you. And any, any funky thing that happens at the wrist or the elbow or the shoulder, it goes from feeling light as a feather to feeling like it's a ton of bricks. So there's, you know, the margin for error there, like he's got to be very careful because that's really what's kind of staving off uh, Terranitas from overtaking him is that huge 40 kilo gap in their bench press because they're pretty much, 
equal on squat, and then Teranitas has, you know, almost 30 kilos on his best competition uh, deadlift compared to Berglund. So it's going to come down to that redemption in the bench press to, I think, secure that first place win. I, I, I mean, he did nail right on the head. He, at two thirteen point five for a six six kilo lifter is ridiculous. He one hundred percent. That's insane. He's competitive two weight classes up. I mean, and, and those yeah. weight class jumps. This is powerlifting weight classes, not boxing. The weight class jumps are massive. That's a massive jump up in body weight, and he can hang with those fellas on any given day for the bench press. But like we've seen in Sweden, it is a razor's edge, isn't it? You could be, a, you can go from hero to zero. Or vice versa, real quick. It all depends. I think because of what happened in Sweden, it happened in his home nation, the expectations of him possibly being the first open male open world champion um, and, and, and having that kind of pressure and having it end the way it ended, I'm expecting him to be on point. At the very least for his opener, I expect a nice, easy, smooth opener. He can probably hit in his sleep. It's going to look like a warm-up, I would assume. Um, shake off the cobwebs. He's a young dude. He's probably going to be a little bit rattled entering the international competition for the first time since that bomb out in Sweden in front of everybody. I think he's going to have a good bench day. I think he'll have a conservative opener, a moderate jump on second, and on third, he's going to look to cover some ground. Having said that, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Tim Renitas... That squat he has on his nomination, I think he's well above that right now. From what I've seen in competition, I don't know what he cuts for weight. But from what I've seen in terms of, sorry, his training, I think he's going to rattle some people with where his squat is at. And his dead, he's going he's gonna to pull after Eddie Berglund, and he can load the bar for the win. And that's, what's, that's the hardest part is you can make up the most ground with your deadlift, and that's where Terranitas has Berglund right out the gate. So, you know, if they're doing their job and they're, you know, putting the right weights on the bar and assembling their total as they go, and, you know, like we said, Berglund, he makes the right calls and stays ahead, that might push Terranitas to have to pull something or take a chance and pull something big for the win, which could work out in his favor, but, you know, it could just as easily work against him. It, it, and that's yeah. not to say... Like, we also can't just write off Colbin either because, to date, he's got the best competition deadlift out of the three. And if they're battling out, you know, the subtotal with squat and bench with each other and Colbin's just riding, you know, behind the scenes, like, doing his job, making sure he's six for six going into deadlifts, he has a chance to shake up. 100%. I'm glad you said that. When when you're in in third place position in terms of nominations and in terms of possible projector when you're looking at this, which we've seen in sports, God knows how it's going to shake up when the play starts. But if you're walking in there like an Alexander Koblin from Russia, and you're like, I'm probably coming in around third, all you need is number one and number two who are super close, and they are. Nomination are within six kilo, that's one lift away. And Tyranidis, I think, has gained, in terms of progression, I feel like he might be outpacing Eddie, although... When you see on social media, it doesn't say everything. There's weight cuts, and Eddie might not be showing everything he's got. He's a young guy, so they might be neck and neck. But let's just say, like you said, they're pushing each other to the over limits, and now they start missing because they're trying to outdo each other. While in the back, laying in the cut, is Alexander Colbin, and he just has to go nine for nine and load up the bar because he will deadlift last between all of them. And if he tells himself, look it, 
As it stands, I'm looking like I'm in bronze. If I go nine for nine, I am so far ahead of anybody taking my bronze. If I just look at this as go nine for nine, do my best day, and if everyone does their best days and I take a bronze, fine. I, didn't, I, I, I stood up to what my expectations were. But if I just hold a nine for nine serve and these fellas start missing lifts ahead of me, that door swings wide open. He just doesn't want to yep. get he just doesn't want to get pulled into the fray and start trying to punch his way up, and that's when he starts missing lifts. Here's my picks. I'm taking the French, the flying Frenchman to take Eddie the Eagle. I take Eddie Eddie the Eagle for a silver medal, and Alexander Colbin will rest in bronze. I just think that uh, the Frenchman's guy is is I think is pro- this is going to be his coming out party in Europe. I could be wrong. Um, there are other factors involved, but from what I've seen in his training, he's about to make a major breakthrough. Uh, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for the redemption story on this one, and I'm gonna hope Berglund comes in. He he has that satisfying comeback, that redemption story. You know, born again from the ashes like a phoenix, first <laughs> place. Paranitas coming in second place, and Colbin coming in third. But again. You know, if Berglund and Terranitas fight it out too much and get in each other's heads, yeah. you know, I think we got to watch Colvin. It's, it's, he, look, Alexander Colvin's in a great situation because he's so far ahead of the fourth place, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to worry about defending the bronze, so he just has to stay in the pocket. Um, yeah. Moving along into the 74s. Now, this is where things get interesting for myself. I'm going to pull up the notes from our, our dear friend, Jason Trombley. So... Four-time IPF world champ, uh, champion from Belarus, Alexander um, Sudnik, four-time world champion and undefeated in international competition. That's the good side. That's the good side. 730 kilo total previously. That's the good side. If I'm not mistaken, has he beaten Taylor in competition? When he won one of those worlds, no, he's, look, he's, he's a world-class competitor. Here's the downside. Born in 76, and I don't know if his best years are behind him, but I don't think he hit that 730 anytime recently. I'm going to pull this up right now. Yeah. It's been a hot minute because he suffered a shoulder injury, and um, I'm looking at it. That was 2016, and yes, he did defeat Taylor for the world championship. 2016 Taylor is not 2019 Taylor. I get it. I'm just saying the man's got a phenomenal resume. However, born in 76, dealing with problematic shoulder issues, I don't expect him to revisit 730. More recently, in in 2017, he had a 695. Um, If I'm being honest, I think um, I'm not picking him for for my gold medalist. He's undefeated in international competition. He's coming back. I know he's got high hopes. But I think this will be the first time he takes an L in international competition. Also in the field, we got uh, Anatoly from Russia and uh, Luke Rogers from Great Britain. Andre Kostenko from Russia as well. And uh, Sweden's own Alexander Eriksson. A couple notes I want to make right now. I realize Alexander Eriksson is coming in ranked fifth. But sometimes <laughs> the nominations lie. In this situation, for myself, the nominations are lying. And this is the way I feel. You might see it differently. I believe um, Alexander from Belarus, undefeated in Russia, the 730 slightly inflated. On the flip side, Alexander Eriksson from Sweden, I believe, 
His 682.5 is underwhelming to what his full potential is. He has hit over 700 previously. Yep. Um, he's also by far the youngest of all these gentlemen in the top five. A couple of these gentlemen born in the 70s and Alexander Erickson born in 94, I think his rate of adaptation is going to be much higher. I expect progress on his end to be much greater than these other gentlemen born in the, in the 80s and 70s. I think, and, and I believe he's working with a new coach. Um, they're working on some RPEs, and his training is now he's righted the ship. A couple years ago, Alexander Eriksson from Sweden hit in the 700s. I expect him to put together the total that we had expected from him. He was a junior world champion in and out of equipment. Didn't super live up to, to the hype when he first entered the Open. I think in this competition, he's going to live up to the hype. I think um, with these new coaching protocols... We're going to see the full potential, Alexander Eriksson. I think he's going to be not over only back into the 700s. I think that 730 total, 720, somewhere in that range is more reach for him. And he would be my pick for the gold. How are you feeling about this? Now, I, I agree with you because, you know, he may have posted the 682.5 qualifying total, but to date, his best total in competition was 20 kilos heavier. Yeah. 702.5 and if you were to take each of his best lifts he can he's he's capable of doing more than that so it's just going to come down to putting the right weight on the bar on the day and he's going to be well into the 700 kilo total range and i'm glad you point that out looking at the sum of their best lifts um and this is omitting the 730 again from alex the other alexander from belarus who hadn't hit 730 in years. Right. Just in recent times, when you put together the sum of all their best lifts, Alexander Erickson has it. You know, he has the most potential out of all of them, and, uh, and it makes sense. I mean, he's the youngest. He's, he's got more room to grow. He is my pick, and I think the European Championship will be his opening coming out party. How do you see the rest of the field shaking up? Well, I mean... If, if we're going to say he's he's our first place pick, I think the battle for second and third, again, is going to be close. Uh, we've got qualifying totals that are pretty closely grouped together. Super we've cool. got competition totals that are, again, closely grouped together. And it's it's kilos here and there. It's chips on the end of the bar. It's the 1.25 kilogram plates on the end of the bar separating these guys. So it's going to be a battleground for second and third place if Alexander from Sweden comes out and performs the way that we would expect. I, I, I'm, so I'm going to give note here, and Jason Trombley said, I'm allowed to say the 74 kilo was picks. Um, he actually has Alexander from Belarus as the gold medals. Mm -hmm. That's obviously thinking his totals back up, his shoulders 100% healed, and he's never lost an international competition before. How do you think he fares? Where do you have him? Do you think he's on the podium? you think he's a silver medalist? Have you got Alexander Erickson as a gold medalist? How do you think he shakes up? I think if he can fall back on experience, uh, old levels of strength, and uh, health is on his side, like he will be very dangerous in a top three. Mm -hmm. But since I didn't scout him out and like you know do a deep analysis of him and flip through the Instagram and the archives to check out what he's doing right now in the gym. I don't know. And, you know, everything we talked about, I agree. I think Alexander Erickson, uh, 
from Sweden is in a better place to come into his own here and take the top of the class. But I, I think Alexander from Belarus is going to be dangerous. I'm going to say Alexander from Belarus for silver and Anatoly from Russia in bronze position. And um, Alexander Erickson putting in this competition that we all think he's capable of and announcing himself in the open. Um, I would not be shocked if he's anywhere up to 730 for a total. And um, that would put him competitive even with the Americans. And he continues to snowball off of that. And uh, we'll see what happens when, when we get to Belarus. That is my picks now. 83 kilo class. Things are looking. And, and here's something else to be said. The Swedes are so strong these days. It seems like Team Sweden has made huge strides in the last couple of years. I remember when I first started commentating for the IPF 2016, you had some Swedes here and there, but almost every weight class now, we have Swedes breaking world records, taking medals, and in, in, in the hunt. Um, and for the 83s, Eric Carlson, who took the IPF world record away from um, King of Lifts co-host, Kafwi, uh, in the... Oh, we just lost. Hold on a second. We lost Chad for a hot minute. Things got too hot. He had to step out. Maybe I'll hang up and give him another minute. All right, so picking up in the 83s. We, got, we, we definitely got a battle here. So um, a couple guys right off the top. Um, Chido Noli from Norway, I believe he is the junior world champion and won it with a monster deadlift. Um, his deadlift, 326 kilo, I believe broke the open world record since been broken by another lifter in the field from Sweden, Eric Carlson. Two mm -hmm. monster deadlifters in the field. Now, Chido Noli... In terms of deadlift, 100% world-class, one of the biggest deadlifters we've ever seen in the 83-kilo class. Obviously, when he broke the record. World-class lifter overall, winning the junior championships in Sweden. Might be a little bit early, stepping into the Open uh, on the European scene, international, first time in the Open. I think his, his weight is going to improve. I think he's got fast adaptation, but I think it's a little too much, a little too soon to expect a podium finish. But I am interested in seeing how much he has improved since Sweden. Um, I'm expecting a lot from him. And like I said, a monster deadlift. People start making, you know, if they have failed attempts, the door swings open, he's going to load up the bar to make something happen. Other yeah. people in the field, um, Jacek Spichala of Poland, been competing since 1998. Uh, he still lives in the open, but his total is big enough to have won the Masters World Championships damn near every year. Uh, a phenomenal lifter and uh, refuses to go quietly into the Masters division. A perennial contender who, who's, you know, I mean, get, on any given day, he's, he's a threat for the podium as well. Uh, obviously, we got Yuri from Slovenia, European champion, first from Slovenia to have accomplished that. Another world-class lifter. He was also in Sweden. And Owen Hubbard, who is not only a perennial contender on the European scene, but um, on the world scene, multiple-time medalist at the World Championships, um, taking bronze medal, uh, I think, in 2016, 2018, taking gold in bench press. Him and Brett Gibbs kind of back-and-forth um, bench battles every time they see each other. Yeah. I, I remember the one year, Brett, when Brett beat 
Russell Orr, he in it was the first time that he got 10 times body weight. Um, he was the first 83 kilo to ever get 10 times body weight, had the day of his life, and fucking Owen Hubbard took his bench record. He couldn't have it all. Owen couldn't let him have it. He's like, ah, you got everything, but you're not walking away with that. Sweden came around. Russell did, uh, Brett didn't win, but he took the bench back. So it's yeah. bittersweet with these two. But, um, and then obviously, Eric Carlson from Sweden, um, world championship level in terms of all three lifts written. But his bench is the one that lags for the spine. A big squat, monster deadlift. The current IPF world record holder for the deadlift. Took it from my man, Kathwee, who's the co-host for King of Lifts. And um, if the battle is tight, expect him to load the bar with whatever he needs to win. Yeah. So it's kind of a little rundown of the of the contenders. How do you see this battle unfolding? So I think this is going to be an exciting class because you mentioned um, the progress that was made by uh, Noli from Norway. And since 2015, he's added over 200 kilos to his total. So that's astronomical progress. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see what he can bring to the platform. But you also have uh, Christian from Great Britain, who's also progressing very fast. And these guys might not be silver or bronze, you know, contenders with people like Eric Carlson, Owen Hubbard, uh, Yori Russ, or uh, anybody else that's, you know, closer to like 750 or above. Since to date, like most of the guys I just mentioned, they're still trying to break into those uh, upper 700 kilogram totals. But like just the progress, it makes it exciting to see what the entire podium, what the or platform rather, is going to have on it. Yeah, it's it's almost like a scouting approach right now. Some of these young guns on the way up who have won junior world championships now entering into the open, we get a chance to see. It's like a preview for for Belarus. Hmm. So how, how, how are you thinking it's going to shake up in terms of the podium for you, from your view? Or, or cause I know you've got a couple, um, people on your strengths, on your coaching services in there. So are, are you, can you give your 83 kilo picks? Cause I can. Uh, we're just gonna, we're just gonna watch the competition. All right. So um, here's my I'm, I'm really excited specifically to see, yeah. uh, the bench press battle, you know, where, where does that, uh, chip or token get moved to with this yeah. competition, you know, with uh, Owen having the opportunity to kind of reclaim it. So I'm interested to see that. Uh, and I wish all these guys the most success on the platform, whether they're on the TSG roster or not. But since we do have some guys in this class specifically, yeah, uh, you can't pick against, you can't just, pick favorites. I gotcha. So let me tell you guys how I see it shake up because um, I have no horse in this race. Um, and and so here it is. I think Owen Hubbard absolutely, if he's feeling good, he's going to look to chip and, and take that record from Brett. Brett, when he took the record in Sweden, made a point of posting and saying no record Owen, and and made like rub, it, <laughs> rub salt in his wounds, be like I got my record back. I'm still the bench goat. Um, so it is a rivalry, and then like look, it's a friendly rivalry, but it's a sporting rivalry. And if the opportunity is there and he's feeling good. I 100% expect Owen to load the bar for that record. A chip is also nice because Eric Carlson might be able to also take a chip along the way. He's a world um, record holder in the deadlift, and it might be needed. This is going to be, I expect, an extremely tight race. I think it's going to be between Eric Carlson and Owen Hubbard, 
And um, Carlson's got the bigger squat. Owen's got by far the bigger bench press. So we're going to have Eric Carlson in the lead on squats. And then very quickly, Owen Hubbard's going to catch up on the bench press. And he needs to build a big enough jump on his bench press that he's asking Eric Carlson to load the bar with something he's uncomfortable with. I've been watching some of the training videos, but none of these guys are posting enough to give me a full feel on yeah. where they're at. I noticed. And I wanted to see. I wanted to see, like, where's Eric Carlson's deadlift? I know he's got a monster deadlift in him. But he hasn't been posting enough for me to gauge. Um, I know my man Caffey, who him and Eric Carlson have a deadlift rivalry with. And um, I see where Caffey is deadlifting and training. And I would expect the same type of numbers from Eric Carlson. He's not posting, so I don't know where he's at. I think if I have to check out the prognosis, and it's going to be this tight, and it is... Carlson's going to load the bar with exactly what he needs to win, not a, not a half a kilo more, and it might be half a kilo. My pick is Eric Carlson takes the gold medal by loading up the win, pulling, and hitting it. Um, and I believe he'll do so, but it's kind of ironic. Possibly, Cheeto Noli might be an ally to Owen Hubbard if he ends up getting to this deadlift world record and also chipping and when Carlson needs to chip, he's got to go a little chip higher. It might be a little too much, and you load the bar a little more than you need to. When you're at the top end, and when I mean top end, I mean an international competition, we've never seen anybody deadlift this much. And that's the type of deadlift he'll probably need for the win. Yes, half a kilo could be the straw that broke the camel's back. It's almost a collaborative effort to push the guy too far. If yeah. Owen Hubbard has a chip on his total, and Carlson needs a chip, he doesn't want to go up another whole two and a half kilo. I mean, I don't know exactly how it's going to shake up. But if Cheeto Noli's already throwing a chip on that deadlift record, it's just more and more you got to load the bar with. It's almost right. like he's got to contend with several people coming at him. Nonetheless, I still think Eric Carlson takes it. I think he's going to have to out-deadlift Cheeto Noli. It's a double whammy he's got to deal with because he's got Noli pushing the deadlift record on him and then Hubbard with the total. I think Carlson's good for it. It would be a huge win for Eric Carlson. Owen Hubbard, he's won Europeans before. He's medaled at Worlds before. Uh, I think he's a contender, and I would not be shocked if he took the win here. I'm pretty split 50-50. But when it's this close, I usually tilt towards the person with the bigger deadlift. And if the guy not only has the bigger deadlift, but has the biggest deadlift in 83 kilo history at the international level, well, that's the decider for me. Yeah, so you think uh, Eric Carlson's going to bring the deadlift record home to the Scandinavian Peninsula and beat out? <laughs> well, I didn't word it quite as geographically correct. I didn't word it quite as geographically correct as you did, but sure, that's not a quote I would ordinarily. That's not a soundbite I would ordinarily drop. <laughs> but, but that, that sounds like somebody who has a master's degree. Okay, that's where you're, fla you're flaunting your master's degree on me, sir. But um, but sure, sure. That, okay, that's what I'm predicting. Um, and I, I think that'll be an interesting little pull for pull battle to watch because, like you said, that has you know effects that go beyond maybe just a deadlift record. Yes, that has effects on the podium, and it might be influenced by someone that's not themselves on the podium, which is really interesting because usually you just have to game when you're fighting out. You know, for first place, you're just really playing the game with the guys right behind you, not yeah. necessarily someone's deadlift 
from mid pack. You, you, so. You're hoping you just have to go like half a kilo up. Um, this dude who's placed wherever the hell might be forcing you more and more kilo, and you might be like, dude, settle down. I am, you know, you're forcing my hand here. So that is an intangible to watch. Um, I think Martin Fleet is going to be commentating. Side note, Martin was my mentor when I first got into commentating. The first World Championships I commentated at, Martin was there and gave me the breaks on how to build a storyline and talk about it. And I'm sure he's going to talk about um, the vying and, and the strategy involved with uh, hitting the podium. And I think we lost you for a second. Are you back now, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, good. Let's take it to the 93s. And you want to talk world-class. I told you this is going to be world-class at the European Championship. It gets no better than at the World Championships, the number one and number two seeds, Anatoly and Gustav Hedlund. Anatoly representing Ukraine is the current Open World Champion. And Gustav Hedlund um, taking a silver medal in Sweden. He was talking about, on the time we had him on a podcast just last week, uh, the, all the hype and the pressure. When Eddie Berglund went at the World Championships, and everybody's like, Eddie, you could be the first male to win an Open World title. And Eddie bombs. Everyone turned to Gustav and said, well, I guess it's all on you now. And he was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, no pressure. You know, the World Championships comes to your homeland and um, the pressure to perform. And the 93s, if you remember, at the World Championship, heavily hyped, uh, uber competitive. Gustav, I mean, rose to the occasion, took a silver medal in the midst of a crazy, like, five-way battle. And once again, to win the European title, he's got to beat the defending world champion. Anatoly is an absolute beast at the international level. The last European Championships... He had an 850 kilo total um, almost a year later. So that was last November. In June, he hit 852 and a half to take the world title. Did he improve just two and a half kilo in that time? Bet your ass he did not. He just loaded the bar with what he had to to win. Is how much better is he? I'm not sure. It's been a year and he hit 850 a year ago. He's born in 96. He's a young man. What is he capable of if he hit 850 a year ago? It's I, If I'm looking at this for the 93 kilo battle, and, and if you're looking at the numbers here, I mean, he's, he's going to take the squats, and Anatoly's going to take the squats. Gustav's going to take the bench. And then once the deadlift shake up, they both have the exact same deadlift. Neck and neck with the deadlifts. This is literally going to come down to the very last pull. And yeah. in terms of handling, it, this is a battle that will come down to handling. This is as close of a 50-50 split as you can have. When both guys are going to be this neck and neck and their deadlifts are the exact same. And it's going to come down to the deadlift. It's, it's, it might be the toughest battle to pick. Yeah, this, the biggest separation between those two guys is going to be the squat. With their best competition lifts being separated by 20 kilos. You know, bench press. Um is seven and a half kilos deadlifts dead on. So as long as the sh if the squat goes as you might expect, uh, Anatoly, I would expect to come out on top with Gustav coming in for the silver just because that margin on the squat is 20 kilos, which is pretty considerable. Uh, you know that there's a lot you can be there's a lot you can gain from a deadlift pull when you need to, but you know 20 kilos that's 
That's a lot on a bar. Now, here's one variable that I'm not sure how this is going to come into play come the game day, but um, Gustav Hadland has shaken up his training. Um, him okay. and Eric Carlson have both shaken up their training. And um, judging by the videos, it's gone very well. Um, and he thinks it's going to make a pretty big difference. He feels very confident. And this is the training since okay. Sweden. And in Sweden, he took a silver medal and looked fantastic. He went nine for nine that day. Um, and he's looking super strong in, in, in training anyways. And I know he's shaking it up. He shifted to RPE. He's alongside Eric Carlson, who also has had, in terms of training, I don't know how it's going to train, how it's going to transition into the competition, but it's very good. However, going into this, given Anatoly's international competition um, results, and obviously being the defending world champion, the defending European champion, I do believe he's going to be the favorite. Mm-hmm. But I am. I think the battle's close. I think it might be closer than it was in Sweden. Anatoly is notorious for not posting what he's doing. Um, but if 850 last year was possible, I got to think 860, 865, maybe even 870. I don't know his rate of adaptation, but if pushed and, every, and all cylinders are firing, I think it's there. I don't think Gustav on his top end, I think Gustav might have an 850 in him. Mm-hmm. 860, 870 might be a little much to expect after Sweden he had a phenomenal showing and he wasn't an 850 showing in Sweden. He went 9 for 9, perfect day in Sweden. He wasn't 850. I think that might be much um, to say 860 now. Maybe 850 now, but not 860, 870, which might be Anatoly's top end. If yeah. both of these guys show up 100%, I'm leaning towards Anatoly. But mark my words, if Anatoly has another 850 day, or another 852 day, and he doesn't have the hypothetical 860, 870 if he needs it, Gustav is close enough to take him. If Gustav, oh, yeah. Gustav, I believe, he's capable of now matching Anatoly's previous bests. We have to see if Anatoly is good enough to beat his previous bests. It doesn't always work linearly in terms of your results. We know this. It doesn't always keep going up. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. You know, if... If they have the best days and they show up and they are capable of, like you said, best case scenario, projections, like what we expect, then I think there's going to be a, a little bit of a gap. But, you know, if it's not linear and it's not exactly what we expect, it's going to be a fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I also think Ashley uh, Liston from Great Britain, fairly solid bronze medal, and he's, he's looks like he's too far back to push either of those gentlemen so he's looking to defend the bronze medal, um, and I think he should be able to do so to round up that. Now, the, the 105s, the battle of the 105s. My friend, in terms of the men's, I think the 105s is probably the one that you want to watch. You're going to see the biggest battles from. Emil Norlin, who is the as typical a Swede as you're ever going to see, blonde hair, blue-eyed, chiseled, good-looking kid that blogs on a poster, um, he is a typical Swede junior world champion and looked all types of strong, charismatic, and the man to beat in Sweden. Some Swedes live up, some Swedes did not. My man lived up in spades in the juniors in the 105s. Um, now entering the Open, um, he is the nominated lead. However, he's got stiff opposition. One through five in the 105s is deadly. Joshua Greenfield coming in in fifth in nomination is an IPF world record breaker in the squat. 
and as dangerous as they come as well. All these guys are world class. From one through five, we're talking world records, world placings, right up in the hunt. Um, Sam Watt, who, born in 1970, do you know if that's a typo? Because, listen, listen Sam Watt, if you follow, look, he's been, he's been competing since the 90s. If I'm looking at um, Jason Trombley's scouting, he's been competing since 1991? It, like, it, that is before almost every single one of these guys was born. Um, I guess the Belarusian was was a year old, but it's before everybody else. Like, all, like it's it's before all the top fives that we're talking about were born. He's been competing since '91, so I guess 1970 is not a typo. If you follow this guy on Instagram, he's turning 50 next year. The guy looks diced. The guy <laughs> is made out of black marble. He looks like he's 35, not pushing 50. He's the current 105 British champion, went toe-to-toe with Joshua Greenfield, who's an IPF squat world record breaker. They had a fantastic battle. I can't wait for the rematch here. But Sam Watt, this dude is the next David Ritz. How the hell is he turning 50 next year? He, it's, it's insane. I told him that I got to get you on the podcast. He's a bodybuilder, like a world champion bodybuilder. Um, so anyways... I mean, I mean, the guy's a physical specimen. He's a freak if you see him. Um, definitely in the hunt coming in. Nominated third, but we're talking one through three. Less than like five or six kilos separate them. So it's, when you're talking 850 kilo range, 860 kilo range, that is nothing. That's not even, yeah. a, that's not even a mislift. That's not a mislift. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a few world records. That's an absolutely nothing. Um, and then you got... Uh, Macaulay from from Belarus coming in at with an 845 nomination, and then obviously Joshua Greenfield, who I spoke about before, um, who's a fantastic squatter. What are your thoughts here, looking at these gentlemen? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a battle for sure, but I'm going to say uh, I would I would have Norling at the top of my podium based off of like the sum of if you were again to pick and choose their best lifts that they posted and make, you know, their best total that we've seen them be capable of. You know, he we're looking at 870 as a sum of his best previously posted competition lifts, which is, you know, 10 or more kilos above his competitors, you know. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one to watch, but he would be my favorite just based off of what we've seen. His, his potential... His ceiling looks higher than the rest of the gentlemen. Like you said, not only based off of the sum, but um, if you look, if you're hoping to catch up to him come the deadlifts, he's he's looking like he's going to outpull every one of these gentlemen as well. So no matter what, when it comes to the guy who's got the biggest deadlift out of the top five, he's going to load. He's going to have the winning deadlift in his hands no matter what. It doesn't matter if he started missing lifts and he falls behind, which by the way he shouldn't be. His sum potential, the ceiling is higher than any of these other gentlemen. But let's just say disaster strikes. He misses a couple squat, like couple lifts with a bench squat. He will still have a big enough deadlift to pull himself into the win and have the winning deadlift in his hands whether he gets it or not. So that overstacks the odds in his favor with um, his ceiling potential as well as the winning deadlift that's going to be in his hands regardless. I do think Emil Norland is going to take the win. Um, incidentally, he won... Uh, the world championships as a junior 105s. 
Yeah. Out totaling Eli um, straight guys in the open. However, a caveat to that, Eli won it on his second deadlift and he usually wins things with the deadlift and really didn't have to do anything for his third, so he would have loaded the bar as well. So but but nonetheless, I'm just trying to show how world class Emil is. Um, as a junior entering the open at the European Championships, watch the damage he does. I expect him to win. I expect him to make a statement. And next year by Belarus, he's, he's I think his 105 kilo total is going to be further deeper into the late 800s. And then come around Belarus, given he's a junior just entering the open now, you can full on expect to start grasping towards that 900 kilo range. Um, and he's going to start surprising people. He's going to start being a threat yeah. in the open, even on the world scene. And that's, yeah, it's a good point because he's coming in with a lot of momentum. 11 competition wins, like his, you know, 11 past competition, all won. Streaking. And since 2015, or, um, yeah, 2016, the last three years, he's added over 200 kilos to his total. So he's another young lifter that is on the rise. And the guy he's got lose. momentum behind him. Yeah. He's got potential. He's got a, a, a high ceiling. It's probably not even in sight right now for this yeah. kid. His, he's so confident, put it this way, at the World Championships, and this is the World cha- this wasn't a local competition where he's trying to style on people. At the mm-hmm. World Championships, in his homeland, with the home crowd there, and I already told you the pressure, I was there doing a commentary, the place was stacked, and the roof caved in every time a Swede hit the platform. He took his opening deadlift, balked at a second attempt, said, no, thank you, load the bar for the win on the third, I don't care what it is, just load the bar. I'll, I'll maintain my strength levels on my on my second lift for the third because I'm going all in, all or nothing. I'm going out on my shield. Some people say it, but other people are willing to gamble everything. He doesn't know what everyone else is doing, second, thirds. By the time he deadlifted again, the competition was already over, and it's already too late to undo what you did and the decision you already made after your opener Loaded the bar, smashed his third, smile ear to ear. The crowd went crazy, and he took the world championship. That's a guy who's confident. Confidence that was bred off of an 11-competition win streak. Three years, 200 kilo. The stats are staggering. The guy is, is, is just rumbling up the side of the mountain. Where his mountaintop is, like you said, God knows. We're going to find out probably in Belarus. I don't even think we're going to find out here. He'll do what he has to to win. But um, And I do think he's going to be pressed, but I think he would be the favorite to win. What do you feel about the rest of the podium? Do you have thoughts on how it's going to shake up? Yeah, I think we're going to see our Russian lifter come in second. And I think uh, Sam Watt from Great Britain will come in third. And again, this is just based off of our numbers and best lifts posted to date. Um, not so much of, like you said, we don't know the full extent of what people are doing in the gym. So I try and just look at the posted totals, the posted numbers. And I just know if I was these guys, I would have lifts in my back pocket that don't make it to Instagram. You know? And, and, and listen, Sam Watt is heavy on the Instagram. Let me say something else, a couple, a couple tidbits. So Sam Watt is one kilo on nomination lower than Vladislav. However... Sam Watt began powerlifting in 91. Vladislav was born in 97. Sam Watt was 27 years old when Vladislav was born. Mm -hmm. Sam Watt is from another generation, one kilo off. 
And judging off of his most recent British performance with that win over Joshua Greenfield, an excellent battle they had, judging off of, I mean, the man's been hitting, don't let the 50 years old fool you, hitting PBs, it seems like every time I, when I'm on King of Lifts reposting, I want to see big lifts. I want to see so I want to see some big lifts coming out of people. Let's see some excitement. The guy's been hitting nothing but personal bests and just absolutely smashing the weights. I think Sam Watt is going to take the silver medal, not just based off of the total that um, the nominations, which is close, but based off of the training that I saw. I think he's coming in the best package we've ever seen. Even at pushing, he's forty nine. He's going to be fifty in twenty twenty. Even at pushing half a century old, Sam Watt is my pick. My pick based off of what I've seen there. And another caveat, um, sometimes you smash big lifts in your training. It doesn't always transpire onto the platform because maybe it's a big weight cut. Sam Watt walks around about 105. There is no okay. weight cut. There is no weight cut. So his training numbers are going to be his platform numbers, more than likely, barring injury or something. And last I've seen, his videos are super recent, still in PB, so there's no injury. So Sam Watt is my pick for silver. Uh, Vladislav will be my pick for bronze. And I think Joshua Greenfield's going to attempt to take a world record squat, and I think he'll probably have it. Um, guy's a phenomenal squatter. Uh, so you got it. Emil Norland, you got Sam Watt Bronze, and Vladislav for silver, is that right? That's right. There we go. And uh, if you're wondering, you and uh, Jason Tremblay also has the exact same as, as Jack. Let's get into the 120s. And Amandas Palaskas from Lithuania battles it out with Piotr Sadowski of Poland. Uh, pretty tight battle. I mean, the nominations are within 15 kilo. When you're talking about 900 kilo totals, that's pretty tight. When you're talking 900 kilo totals, the percentage is uber tight right there. Um, having said that, I think Amandas is probably the favorite to take this. Um, he is the defending champion. Just looking at some of the notes here. I mean, he's a monster bench presser. Well, what are your thoughts on these two, the battle between these two? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close one. And uh, again, one thing I think is really interesting is uh, what will the bench press be like for Amanda's on the platform with a full meet since he did uh, 265 kilos in a bench only competition. Mm. So, you know, if we look at his uh, best comp bench to date, you know, in a full meet, he's got a lot of room to grow if he can bring something like a bench only mm. level in there. So I think that'll be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's good. He drops a good 10 kilo. Yeah, it depends on how the squat takes out him. He's going to be behind uh, Pietro from Poland after the squat event, but his bench press, I mean, he's got 30 kilo on the bench press. He's got a world record bench press in him. Um, I don't know if he'll need it, but that is it is an international competition, so he has the capability of loading up a world record, possibly, if it's there, and gaining a chip, which, if push comes to shove... That's going to force, um, obviously, in terms of the sh uh, chips in there. Uh, we, we don't know the nominations, et cetera, but you might have to go up two and a half kilo more as opposed to just a chip. So there, there are some, some things at play whenever a world record can be broken. Um, is Amanda's your, your pick for the, for the win for 120? He would. He would be. Um, and I think, 
you know, just going back to what we were just talking about, the ground that he has to make up on the squat, he can make up with his bench press. And then it's, it might come down to the deadlift, you know, is, is the risk going to be taken in the bench press to kind of secure the win? If both lifters are, you know, a couple kilos away from each other and they both are pulling like 340. Uh, it's just interesting. Cause I think it all kind of, it depends on that mid meet strategy. Like yeah. how is he going to play that bench press? You know, how did the squat go? Did he try and make up ground there so that he doesn't have to be as aggressive on the bench press or does he squat what he can push the bench press with hopes that if it comes down to it, he can kind of edge out Pieter on the deadlift. So I think that's going to be an interesting little fight there. The deadlifts are dead even. So I think you're 100% right. The battle is going to be won or lost in the bench press event. It kind of depends on Amanda's. If he has a big bench day, he's good. He can hold serve on the deadlift, just go toe-to-toe on deads and maintain a lead as opposed to trying to pull ahead. Um, but if he has a bad bench day, because we think he's going to be slightly behind his squat, he's not only got to make up that ground and bench, he's got to surpass it. Otherwise, if he doesn't, if he just if, if it's too tight after bench, he makes up the ground, he's got to not only make up a surpass, if he just makes up and surpasses by a little bit, man... Five kilo variables are so easy to overcome in a deadlift when you're into the 340 range. I mean, five yeah. kilo jump. I mean, yeah. I mean, you 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 just open the door wide open. So I don't know if he goes for the world record, gain the chip. But if if the bench isn't there and you're just overreaching for the sake of it, and you start missing attempts, we'll see. I think the battles won a loss there. I think Amandas is definitely the the man to beat in the 120. Pietra is definitely going to be my pick for silver. And in bronze medal, I think fairly secure with Maris from Latvia. Um, I think that pretty much rounds up the 120s. 120 pluses, the big boys. Rasim taking a silver medal in Sweden at the World Championships. Um, he's coming in the favorite. I had Ras on the show. That podcast will drop as well. I'm going to be dropping a cluster of them. Um, I believe he's a pretty heavy favorite, pun intended, for the 120 pluses in terms of the gold medal. Um, I think the big man is, I mean, he's 20 kilo, but I think he's got a big squat. He's got a monster bench press. And um, by the time the deadlifts roll around, I expect him to have a lead. And his deadlift may not be the biggest of the field, but it's definitely on the top end of the field. And I think he's going to be close enough to eyeball what he needs and to maintain his lead and, and get the win. Um, that being said, 20 kilos spread, when you're talking 940, 920, 20 kilos gets overcome pretty damn quick. Mm-hmm. 20 kilo in the 900s isn't as big as 20 kilo in the 700s. It's nowhere yeah. near as firm a lead. A 20 kilo lead when you're that close to 1,000 can easily shake up. But as is, I'm going to take Rass. And then um, we got a really tight battle between David Lupak and uh, Rico Martin from Spain, both coming in with nine, uh, 920 kilo nominations, and then 915 from uh, Anton from Russia. So the battle for second and third, silver and bronze, is going to be an uber tight, and I'm not sure how to pick it. If you just want to go with the bigger, de- bigger deadlifter and say he's going to load up to win, well, then again, David Lupak and Ruben from Spain are within three and a half kilo of each other on the deadlift, so you can't even do that. That's how close this is. Yeah, I don't even think you can count out Steve Ringo from Belgium completely either because he's within striking distance of those guys, 10 to 15 kilos. You know, like you said, that's 
that's not that big no. of a gap in this weight class. And that only takes like a small error on a squad or a bench before one of those guys gets flipped from second to fourth and off the podium, uh, off the podium completely. I'm glad you said that. You know what? Um, Steve, who took a bronze medal in deadlift, his deadlift has been moving well. His bench press has really been flying in competition. Um, yeah, 15 kilo is absolutely nothing at this weight. And his training has been going very, man, you can mitigate 15 kilo with one lift. Let me go mitigate 15 yeah. kilo. Uh, honestly, one through five is going to be uber tight, and Steve is definitely going to be in a hunt. Um, I'm not sure how one I'm going to pick this, man. The way, the more we talk, the more I'm more uncertain. What are you thinking when you look at this? I, I definitely agree with you on the gold going to Rask. Uh, and then as far as the silver and bronze, I would put uh, David Lupak and Rico Martin down there. But again, like like you said, it's going to – that second and third placing is going to come down to who can put the better total together on the podium on the day because yeah. they're so close to each other. So it's there's going to be head games. There's going to be chess. You know, it's going to be a good one to watch. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you, sir. Uh, do you have a second or third pick you want to throw out there? Or do you want to keep it vague? Uh, I'm, I'm saying I, I would put... David Lubach and Rube Martin right in that row? Yeah. Okay, you know what? I'm going to I'm going with you. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Same. One, two, three. I, th- I, honestly, I honestly believe the same, but the caveat you gave in terms of... I mean, this is one through five. I, I swear you could have a shakeup through silver and bronze. If you need any more reason to, to be wary of a shakeup, the 120 plus... You need not look any further than Sweden, where we saw a complete shakeup. Anything can happen. Let's get into the women's. Um, let me pull my notes, sir. 47 kilo. And uh, uh, this looks like a bit of a battle here, sir. Between mm-hmm. Ireland and Great Britain, Janine Martin and Danielle Malcolm. And um, Maria Zabalina from Russia extremely close she's only and and she's only seven kilo off of the number one seed she's coming in third but even only a half a kilo from her is natalia ivanka from ukraine at 330 this is an uber tight field one through four feels like these european championships we're gonna have battles all over by the way if you're tuning in it looks like nothing but battles um i do see we got some notes here from jason trombley Yeah, what's interesting is that uh, Natalia is a former Masters champion, and she actually has the highest posted competition total in this division. Hmm. So she she may have been uh, fourth by qualifying total, but you know she's got a history and she's got potential. And she's a world and champion. She knows how to win. Here's another little caveat for you. Um, Danielle Malcolm has, has has a light 52. She basically mm-hmm. just didn't water cut, posted a 347.5 kilo total. That, yeah, which would be higher than uh, Natalia's best competition total to date, which I was just referencing. So, it, so it, it's, it depends how the water cut affects her. And we got some variables. We got some variables. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to pick... I think I will pick uh, Danielle Malcolm, um, who who had previously the biggest total, uh, born in '91. I think she's 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 good for it. Uh, Natalia, a phenomenal lifter, but 
getting slightly long in a tooth, having been born in 74, I I get that she's had bigger totals in the past, but it's usually, it works the opposite direction. It's the more time that passes. Yeah. Um, I think this is Danielle Malcolm's era, and I, she is my pick to win. What are you thinking, sir? I think I would put um, Janine over Danielle just because of her placing last year. Um, and this being like Danielle Malcolm has to cut to make it into the 47 kilo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with her total of 347 being in a weight class above this one, how much is going to come with her to this po- or this platform? You know, so I would, I would say Janine Martin for one, Danielle Malcolm for silver and Maria Zabulina for bronze. That would be my top three. I think I'll take Janine for silver and, and Maria for bronze. I think the way it laid out nominations, how we'll see how it shakes up. Looking into the 52s, um, our girl Olga from Russia just refuses to age and go away. I'm going to pull out. I mean, she is ever the competitor. Just want to pull up her results. Um, I'm looking at the most recent. In in Helsingborg Sweden World Championships, she posted a 410 total. Uh, which was good enough for the bronze. And uh, coming in. Yeah, I mean, look at... Looking at if she, if she can do and four ten in Sweden wasn't that long ago and that's more than enough than she needs to take the to gold medal here. Mm-hmm. Born in nineteen seventy, I mean she's pushing half a century, and um, she still she took a bronze medal at the World Championships. She's my pick for the European champion, um, the ageless wonder. I think Olga looks like the, the woman to beat in the fifty two kilo class. What are your thoughts there? I mean, I. I also want to point out that she is currently the defending European champion, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, current European champ, two-time world champ, 20-year history on the platform. Um, I'm going to have to go with her as well. She's got the strength. She's got the potential. She's got the experience. I would put her at the top. Here's one thing. So last year she did at at this championship 390. Mm-hmm. Um, at at the Russian National, she did 400. In Sweden World Championship, she did 410. She's 50 years old. It's going to be hot cold. We've seen hot cold from her. She's my pick. But if it's cold, these girls are going to Deckers and Rico um, from Netherlands and France, respectively, are close enough to push her. And and Seppa from Finland is also going to be super close as well. Um, close enough, anyways, to do some damage. It depends. If she comes in a 390 kilo total, it may not be enough, especially with Deckers um, from Netherlands. So we'll see which Olga shows up. At 50 years old, you're a little bit more hit and miss. Um, She's going to have experience on her side in terms of attempt selection, handling nerves, etc. But in terms of injuries and where your body's at, it's a little less up to you and a little more up to father time. 57 kilo class, again... We got we got a rush. Well, before we move on, do you do you think that Deckers is gonna get the the squat record? Squat world record. She's only a few kilos off. Squat world record's one fifty six and a half and she's posted one fifty two and a half. Do you think this will be her chance to grab a squat world record? I tell you what she fights it out. I tell you what, she might need it. She might need it. Here's the thing, here's why here's where records are good and bad. 
the record is there. If it's close enough and you can entice the go for it, mm-hmm. all right, well, that chip might be needed, you know, in the long run, bigger picture, um, forces the other competitor to, they can't equal you, the, and they can't go up just by a chip. They got to go up two and a half kilo when it comes to deadlift, conceivably, if they don't have a world record as well. However, um, if the world record is there, but let's say it's just a kilo and a half off your top end that day, but the world record's there, and you're probably going to load the bar with the world record because it's so close. It's so close. It's a world record. Oh my God, I'll have a chip, bigger bigger picture. I'll have a chip to play with. It's so tempting when the world record's there. Sometimes it entices a lifter to load the bar just slightly more than they have. When it comes to the top end, when it comes to the very top end, a kilo, half a kilo, kilo and a half is all she wrote from a good lift and a failed lift. Um, yeah. When you want to squeeze out the most. So it's good and bad sometimes. It'll depend on how it shakes up. It is interesting because it can throw off now she's just tying Olga, and Olga's got to go up two and a half kilo instead of tying her on the, um, in terms of the lifts when it comes down to deadlift. And Olga does deadlift more, but she's just got to load the bar more and more if she has that extra kilo on that chip on there. Um, having said that, I mean, I think she's capable. Yeah, because that's, she's capable. I think that's, that's going to be pivotal, pivotal to however this placing plays out is um, Plan has Olga on the squat. Olga has plan on the bench press, and then, you know, the deadlift, there's a decent separation, 17 and a half kilos uh, between Olga and plan on their best lifts. So, I don't know, I, I think the, the squad might be an important piece yeah. in the game of chess here. You 100%. know, coming in, establishing early dominance, seeing if you can get Olga to go cold, or if her experience is going to keep her accomplishing, you know, lift after lift and building that total, and not let uh, you know, another competitor coming out hot or strong getting in their head. Yeah, because, like, Deckers is capable. Deckers can beat what Olga had last year at European Championship. She can out-total that. And she has already out-total that and probably out-total it by a decent margin now with her rate of adaptation being much younger. She's 24 years younger. So, um, and Olga at 50, it's going to be hit and miss. Is she last year's Euros? Is she worse? You see, this year's Sweden, it's a bit of a crapshoot when you're coming in here and pushing half a century old, and you, you're kind of a bit of a hot-cold lifter. Um, she's always at the top end, but exactly where we're going to get. She's still my pick, because Sweden wasn't that long ago, and I'm just going to assume she's going to be 100% and be around the 400-kilo range. Um, I think Deckers will probably take a squat world record, because I think she thinks she's going to need it. I also think she's going to need it. I think the juice is worth the squeeze. It's worth the risk to get that kilo advantage and, and get as big a base to stand on because she's going to need it and load the bar as much as possible for Olga to start missing. Um, yeah. But yeah, Decker's is my pick for silver, but she's a strong underdog. And between Finland and France for bronze medal position, I mean, they're dead as a damn near neck and neck as well. They're both going to load the bar for the bronze medal. And, yeah. both, and by the way, they're both dead the same. How are you going to split that? How do you split that? What does Jason say? <laughs> well, I think uh, one thing that's interesting oh, wow. is it's been a while since uh, Hannah has competed in this weight class because she's she's been at 57 recently. So depending on how she handles the weight cut, uh, that's going to influence the squat and the bench press, which she's neck and neck. Uh, yeah, she'd be neck and neck with 
the competitor from France there. So it'll yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Look at um, I almost because I wasn't looking far enough down on the nomination list, but uh, hold the phone, ladies and gentlemen. We got um, so Naomi Alibert. She's hit in the Arnold Classic a three ninety two point five kilo total. Now in Sweden, her total dropped. Um, that's actually Jason Trombley's pick for for a bronze medal. If she's capable of three ninety two, and I don't know what she weighed in, the weight class just says light, so she didn't have to cut. Maybe she's got a big cut, and that's why the kilos dropped in Sweden. Maybe maybe in Sweden she wasn't one hundred percent. That's why the kilos dropped. If she's capable of three ninety two, yeah, she's capable of podiuming. And not only just getting on the podium, 392 may or may not be good enough for the win. 390 took the win last year. Mm-hmm. Wow. That kind of shakes some things up. What do you think? She's moving up, whereas Hannah's moving down. So I think that's going to really be interesting and in how it plays out. Because there are strong oh, lifters across right. the board. And... She was a 47 in Sweden. You're mm-hmm. 100% right. So her nominated total, throw that out the window and probably expect the 392 with 400 range. Yeah, so that, that moves her up dangerously close to fighting out bronze, maybe silver if there's mishaps. And Alibert, um, Alibert took the silver medal at the World Championships. Um, so she is a world-class lifter. Holy moly. <laughs> this is a change of things for me. All right, I think Olga, Deckers, and then I'm going to take Alibert. From France. I'm going to agree with you, but I think the, I think it's going to be an interesting one to watch. Yeah. Look, Albert, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm interested because she probably hasn't fully grown into 52. If she's just in Sweden, she's 47. She might have some room to grow. This might be more of a preview than her full package on what she's capable of at 52. Uh, let's go to 57 kilo Vimin and uh, another master lifter from Russia. Uh, but she's got herself a battle. I don't look at Joy Namani from Great Britain, the reigning 52 kilo world champion, coming in nominated second, but don't believe it. I think she's a heavy favorite for first. Um, and she's definitely my pick to win. Um, I think Inna Filamenova is capable for a silver. And uh, I think she's probably a pretty strong favorite for a silver. And the real battle is likely going to be for bronze. What are your thoughts on this one? I would agree there, uh, mostly because Joy's deadlift is, you know, far and above the other women of this division. And, uh, you know, if she needs to, to secure a win, like, I think she'd be capable of, you know, pulling more than her previous record at 203.5. And, uh, you know, in a Phila Minova has been competing, again, another 20-year competitor. So she's... First in the nominations, but again, uh, Joy's deadlift is big enough where I would still favor her for first. And, you know, beyond that, like the fight for third is going to be close because the nomination totals are tightly knit. Uh, If you look at the lifts across the board, they're pretty close. So I think it's going to be another interesting race, you know, across the entire, entire podium, the entire platform. I think Joy, then Inna, and I think uh, Sotolainen from Sweden, likely uh, for the bronze medal. She's got a pretty big deadlift. I think a big enough deadlift to defend the bronze medal when the others are coming in, but you're 100% right. 
Um, the difference for bronze, the real battle I think is going to be between bronze. I think gold and silver are pretty secure outright. And I think the real battle is going to be for bronze medal. I do believe the Swede has a deadlift to defend that bronze um, and stave off the rest of the challengers. But we're going to have to see. Moving into the 63 kilo class. This is where this is a little star-studded as well. Leah Bavois from France. Um, the number one nomination. She's got a world record squat. She took a bronze medal at the World Championships. Sam Calhoun. Gara from Italy took the World Championship. Uh, Sam, who is now the unofficial world record holder, coming in silver. And Leah coming in bronze. I mean, that's as good as you get. Those two ladies who beat her out are the top in the world. Um, so Leah is definitely world class. But you have Ivana Horna from Slovakia. And she, in 2017 in Belarus, won the world championships. Also a world-class lifter. There's a bit of a dip between the number one, number two, and the third placing. The real battle is going to be, be between Leah and Horna. Both of them are capable. Both of them are world-class. One of them has won a world championship. The other one has won a world record. What are your thoughts here? You know, that's a great point. And it's interesting because we've got Horna that is a defending European champion. She's got the bigger deadlift. She's, she's going to have the final pull on, you know, the day that it counts. But Leah's progressed so much and she's so young in the sport with only, you know, entering the sport two years ago. She has a squat record, you know, where where is her potential right now? Like it's going to be hard. I think it's hard to gauge going into this. Because if you look at their numbers, you know, they're pretty close. They're dead on on bench, close on squat and deadlift. But I don't know what, you know, Leah's potential is on squat. You know, can she set the tone for the meet and just ride it out into a pull that's not as big as Horna's, but it's big enough to secure the win or what? I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, competition to watch. I'll tell you what I'm picking right now. I think Leah from France takes the win, and here's why. Based off the nominations, she's mm -hmm. four and a half kilo ahead. Not a crazy yep. lead, but she is ahead. Her world record squat is 188 kilo. Mm -hmm. I now see her pausing 185 in the gym. She'll take that for tempo. She'll take that for a pause squat. Any given day, no need to have spotters. She has 100%. She is good, not 100%, but she has greatly improved off of that 188. Um, in terms of strength levels, 490.5, I think she's, man, we're going to be looking at another 500 kilo total. Um, and previously, that's just Sam Calhoun, Gara, Jen Thompson levels. Um, but I think you could throw Leah Bavois in that mix as well. Um, based off of what I'm seeing in training, I don't see as much out of Ivana Horna in terms of the training numbers. So a little harder for me to pick, but based off of the information I have, if the world record squat you have is 188, and I see you pausing, no major height drop, no major attention, 185 in the gym, and doing things like that on a regular basis, I'm getting a little frightened. I'm getting I'm getting a little concerned for your opposition. And if you were the favorite going in based off of numbers, now you're a solid favorite. Yeah. I think I'm going to take Leah based off of what I've seen in training. Ivana Horna, who's capable of being a world champion, let alone a European champion, she's won both. I'm not counting her out. I just haven't seen the data. I'm going to go with what I see um, based off of historically, Leah's got bigger total, and based off of potential, off of training numbers, it's Leah, so I think it's stacking towards that. Obviously, Horna would be my second 
And in terms of third, don't know nearly as much uh, with the Georgian and Russian lifters and Netherlands. It's it's a little tight, but there is still a 10-kilo spread. So I'm going to go with uh, Nino from Georgia for the bronze medal. What are your thoughts there, sir? Okay. Well, I think so, you know, that I think you just talking about Leah, like when I said, I don't know her potential, yeah. like you telling me she's pausing 185 yeah, in the gym, the yeah. Yeah. you know, wait for the beat to drop on whatever songs in her headphones, just yeah. to hit that perfect yeah. pause. Like that 188, that 188 is coming down yeah. and the difference in their squats is the difference in the deadlift. So I think she is definitely going to be able to come into this meet with a ton of momentum and just secure her placing for gold off of the squat, match the bench for Horna, and then, you know, as long as she doesn't do something crazy with her third deadlift and she gets a solid third deadlift, like the gap, it's already going to be there. The placing's already be set. Um, and so I'll have Leah for gold, Horna for silver, and then I would actually um, probably put more in for bronze just based off of her best competition lifts to date, kind of piecing together uh, what she's what she's put together so far. You know, not necessarily off the qualifying total, but what we've seen that she's capable of in the past. It's actually more than Nino from Georgia. Let me take a look. You know what? Jason Trombley let me down here. I don't see any notes on more. I'm flying blind here, Jason. Um, but you know what? <laughs> if I think some, me and Sabrina actually did co-commentary at the IPF World Championships, and um, she's also in the SPD. Yeah, that is her. It is her. And uh, yeah, she is football capable, isn't she? Um, I'll stick with my previous, but definitely I, I agree Sabrina Moore is somebody to watch. Um and, and also, just as a caveat to note, I do think Ivana Horn will outpull Leah, and I get it. If yeah. it's a tight race, usually you go with the girl, a girl, a guy with the bigger deadlift. But Leah Babois, in terms of her 202.5 deadlift, I also see her deadlift more than that in competent in training as well. Um, I like all seriously, all of her numbers are going to get beaten here. I really do think she's going to go into the 500s. I really do think she's going to win the European Championship and establish herself as world-class like previous years if you're 500 kilo lifter you're gonna win you're you're a world champion level um she's gonna be right up in there i think no no it'll take no less than a gara or a san calhoun to beat her in the future and they better be on the raid game to beat her i think that's where she's heading um so keep your eyes up for leah i'm expecting big things based off the training numbers i've seen moving into the 72s um honestly i think this is it, it's a battle but not for the goal it's going to be a battle for silver, and in terms of the silver, I mean, we got two and a half, three and a half kilos separating three different lifters from number two to number four. Ida Ron, who upset Chloe Dublin for the Junior World Championship in Sweden. Ida Ron, another Swede. Surprise, surprise. The Swedes are all world class this year, apparently. Um, she she was defend she she was defending the homeland. There's always a lot of pressure on the Swedes when the World Championships roll into your home country. And um, she had a beast like Chloe Dublin to try to defeat. Came, and if you heard the episode where we have Ida on, came down to the very last deadlift. Chloe, Chloe, they both hit their openers. Ida missed her second attempt. Chloe hit her second attempt. Then Chloe was deadlifting first. Ida had the bigger deadlift. Chloe hit her third attempt. 
So now the Americans are all but celebrating, and Gaston is all but putting the medal around Chloe's neck because they just watch the Swede missed her second attempt, and Chloe just went three for three. It forced um, Ida to go up in weight for her third attempt that she missed off her second. So it's ever looking worse, and she missed her second. It looked like on strength. It wasn't just an up-down, and she had locked it. She didn't even lock it up. Loaded up the bar for the win on the third regardless. In her home country, all the Swedes are on their feet thinking it's going to take a miracle. And a miracle happened. A huge Titanic fight. Locks out the third attempt. Wins the world championships in Sweden. The Swedes go crazy. And who'd she have to beat for? But Chloe Dublin, who's an absolute monster of a powerlifter. So Ida Ron, um, she's somewhat not threatened here. But I am interested in seeing this is in the open. And it'll be her first competition in the open. She's only been powerlifting a couple of years. And she's already totaling 515. If she can get into the 520s, start pushing it. We're talking podium at the World Championships in the Open. So it's a preview of what's to come. She is a world beater in the Open and super young, born in 97, and just started powerlifting. So the, the sky is the limit for her potential. So that's why you want to watch the 72s, to see what she's bringing to the table. Apart from that, it's super tight. What are your thoughts, my friend? So I definitely agree. I think Ida's um, going to be very strong. Uh, for a gold place finish, but I do think it could be closer. Um, or it could be close between her and Angelina from Russia. Um, I know she's fourth on the qualifying, but you know, if you take a look at her best competition lifts and total those together, it is higher than Ida. And if you go lift for lift down the line, they are very, very close together. Now, why do you so think, think that is? Why do you think that is that the sum of her lifts? Like her best squat, best bench, best dead, equal higher, but her total does not. Is it attempt selection? Is it, well, what do you think? Her, her best competition total posted is higher than Ida's. It's 520 versus 515. Oh, wait. Oh, she did hit that. Yeah, you're right. But her qualifying total was only 487.5. So it could come down to... Let me hit this. Wow. this. You know what? I gotta, I'm going to have to pull up Angelina. Oh, wait a second. Okay, now that I see her picture on the good lift, she was lifting in the open and um, came in, uh, let's see here. You know what? I just seen her, I just posted her on King of Lifts with an absolute monstrosity of a deadlift. What do they have her pegged here? I think her nomination is way low. It's fourth. Yeah, she came in qualifying total, nominated fourth, 47.5, which could be, I, it could be a warm-up meet. Like, she yeah. could be keeping things in the back pocket. Totaling that is clearly nowhere near her potential. Um, so I think it could be an interesting battle she for hit, first and second. And she hit, look, at Angelina hit 520 in Sweden. I didn't realize that was her. You know what? Because she was, she the way she was stacked up in the nominations um, with such a low nomination, I was like, okay, I'm not even, like, overly investigating this. Now that I pull her up and I see her profile pic, I've been posting her on King List because her monster, she has an absolute monster deadlift. First off, um, I mean, her deadlift has gone up. And 520 in, in Sweden, it, she was ranked in the top five of 520. Yikes, she might actually take Ron. What are you yeah, thinking there? What are you thinking there? I think I think she will be a contender for first, if not very strong second, because she placed, she placed second last year to Maria. 
So I think it would be Ida, Angelina, Maria for the top three. But I think they're going to – there's a potential for it to be a battle. It just depends on the day. Like you said, the best competition totals are not – um, exactly represented by the qualifying totals or the nomination totals, and that could come down to attempt selection. That could come down to you know what happens on the day. But you know, I think there's a storm brewing, and it's going to be an interesting fight. And as good as Angelina is with the deadlift, and she's a monster deadlifter, Ron has a mo- look at Ron has a monster deadlift herself, and will we already know will load the bar and pull for the win regardless. She's a tight. I'm going out on my shield. Load the bar for first. I'm not defending silver. I'm not defending bronze. Load the bar for the gold. But Angelina, I I 100%, um, you know what? She flew under my radar for half a second. As soon as I pulled up the profile, I'm like, oh, snap. Um, She 100% is world class as well. Top five in Sweden. And Sweden was so stacked. At 520, ooh. Because it it could come down to that deadlift. If Angelina does her job and hits the squat, um, we can expect it to be heavier than Ida. And then the bench is going to be, you know, two and a half kilos difference. If that, maybe it's dead on. And then it's all going to come down to that deadlift and who wants it more. And their deadlifts are neck and neck. From what I've seen in terms of Angelina's um, deads that I've seen her pulling and training, absolutely neck and neck. Yeah. They're both going to load the win. It's going to be who hits and who misses. Both of them could have the winning deadlift in their hands. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an interesting one, but I think Ida, Angelina, Maria would be the TSG-approved prediction. <laughs> you know what? I'll side with you. I'm still picking Rollin because I do think um, I think her rate of ad- adaptations can be quicker, and I think she's going to improve off of Sweden. Um, and I think, judging by what I spoke with her, she's got it in the tank. She had more in the tank for Sweden. But Angelina's scary. Angelina's scary good, and she's scary strong. And um, in her deadlift, she's gonna, I know she's going to load the bar to win. It is literally going to be down to the last deadlift. I think I'm going to go with the, the strength guys' approved picks as well, with uh, Maria coming in third. But um, holy moly, is that going to be an exciting one for these girls? Are gonna, <laughs> she's got another Chloe Dublin situation right down to the wire again. 84 kilo, uh, what are your thoughts here? So immediately, um, I think it's going to be a pretty close battle for first and second between uh, Zubko and Strick from Belarus and the Netherlands, respectively. If you look at their nomination totals again, like Belarus, 532.5, which is uh, Zubko. And then we've got 512.5 from the Netherlands with Strick. Like you'd say, hey, that's, you know, 20 kilos. It's pretty, it's pretty decent. Um, seems to be set set right there from the get-go, but if you look at their best competition totals, Strict has out-totaled Zuko by five kilos, and that gap widens if you were to cherry-pick their best lifts that they've posted to date, which would, again, favor Strict by seven and a half kilos with a 540 total if we're looking at that as her potential versus Zuko's 532.5. The only thing is, and so I'm well aware, like, Strict is a world champion... Um, I mean, she's a decorated lifter. She's she's gone all the way to the World Championships and won. The only caveat, Strick, born in 1973, you know, I think she's trending towards decreasing total as opposed to upwards. Mm-hmm. However, 532 and a half, 
in in 2018, 537 and a half in 2017, um, you know, 535 in 2012. But this year in, in, in Sweden was 520. It starts getting, it depends on what you think she's going to bring to the table. If yeah, it's, if she's hot that day, kind of like when we were saying Olga, if she's hot that day, it's going to be tough for Zuko to come up and take it from her. But I think it's going to be a fight. It'll definitely be a fight. And Strick is world class, and Strick has, has competition experience at the international level for years. Um, I do believe the Belarusian would be my favorite to take it uh, just based off of, I think, Strick, while world class, is just a stitch below right now. It might be trending more on the underside towards the silver. However, um, I mean, she's a feisty competitor, and uh, I've seen it. I've seen her do some damage and win worlds before. But I think Strick is going to be my pick for the silver medal. And uh, in terms of the bronze, Jason Trombley took Timmers, and uh, she's coming in bronze medal, and but she's real close. I mean, Denmark is coming real close in terms of the bronze medal there. Um, but I yep. think Timmers has got a decent spread on that deadlift and should be able to defend the bronze medal. So I think I'm going to agree with Jason Trombley for the bronze medal. Um, but I am going to take uh, Zupko from Belarus for the gold medal. What are your thoughts, sir? I think uh, you're dead on with the the bronze, but I don't want to count out Katja because, you know, four kilos off the best competition total and they go back and forth, you know, on some of the lifts. So it's going to be interesting. I think that one's still going to be interesting. Who do you got for the gold? Oh, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> that's a tough one. Yeah. You know, I want it to be strict, but I think uh, Zuko, I, I think I'll go with you. You said Zuko, strict, Timmers. Yeah. I think I think that's whatever I would go with, too. I mean, it's hard to look at the numbers and then also, you know, try and play weatherman over here for powerlifting and forecast, you know, yeah. is it going to be rain or sunshine on the day? Yeah. But I think it's going to be an interesting fight nonetheless. I think it'll be close. Yeah. 84 plus. Um Based off the nominations, and I'll take a look at the scouting report here. Looks like Emily is Emily is uh, a pretty solid. She's the defending European champion. Um, looks like she's a fairly fairly solid. I mean, we're talking twenty two and a half kilo spread. Yeah. It's a decent spread. You know, she's young. She's strong. She's only improving. Uh, she's the defending European champion. I think she's going to successfully defend her title. Um, the battle looks like it's going to be fierce for the silver medal, though, between Britain, oh, yeah. between Britain and Sweden. Surprise, surprise. There seems to always be a Sweden in the mix. But uh, between Britain and Sweden, I think that's really where the battle is going to lay. But uh, I think uh, mergers from France, or Merger, is... is Probably your solid 84 kilo plus European champion. Uh, what do you think and how this thing's going to shake up? I definitely agree. Um, 
Merger has a very strong lead and is a very good favorite for gold. Um, and then, like you said, we've got two lifters from Great Britain, Lee Weatheridge and Camille Holland, that are you know, within striking distance of each other. They've got the exact same uh, – no, I'm sorry. Uh, Weatheridge and has a 567.5 from Great Britain total. Oh, no, and Holland, yeah. They both have the exact same total. They go neck-and-neck, toe-to-toe on the squat. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The bench press – yeah, because Holland actually looks like, in terms of her nomination, sandbag the nomination she put forth, but she's right up in the hunt with 567.5. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, it's going to be a battle of Britain for the silver uh, and possibly bronze. But, I mean, when you're talking about Leech from Sweden being five kilo off, I mean, five kilo is damn near nothing as well. I don't honestly. I'd be comfortable with picking any of these girls for silver or bronze. Yeah, I'm not counting any one of them out. I was just trying to uh, make sure that the listeners know we've got two athletes from Great Britain yeah. that are very close together. So there's going to be a fight so between those thing. two. And then we've got Emily Leek from Sweden, who is also right up there in the mix. How do you see this this uh, shaking up? The only reason why I'm thinking I'm literally I'm leaning towards uh, Weatheridge from Great Britain. Her deadlift is sizably bigger than Holland, um, the other mm. Brit, 84 plus. If their totals are the exact same best totals previously, and the deadlift, and we're talking possibly 40 kilo around range difference, that is a sizable difference. If yep. they're both pulling for a position, and it's going to be silver or bronze. I'm going to lean towards uh, Weatheridge. But, yeah, and it's interesting because Holland is the best squatter out of the bunch, and that's where – that's how she hangs with Weatheridge is that she's got 25 kilos on her in that squat. But like you said, we're looking at 32.5 kilo difference in the deadlift, which is tactically that – that is crucial for, you know, securing a placing in a meet. So if, you know, something happens and we get a really strong, um, you know, first six lifts out of Holland, I think that'll be a really interesting battle for second and third place. Because Weatherich has the opportunity, she doesn't have to guess when it comes to deadlift. She will load the bar exactly what she needs and not a kilo more to secure silver or bronze. Whereas Holland has to do all her good work earlier in the day, not knowing how it's going to shake up by the time the last pole is loaded. She really right. she's got to go first. So there's a there's a potential that Weatheridge is going to be chasing Merger on the squat. And that's where Holland, who has them both by 20 kilos, can potentially influence that little battle. If they're if they're also looking and doing their homework on their opponents and looking at how, hey, where do I think I'm gonna place? I think Merger is gonna be my um, contender for first wow. for gold. And she might even overlook Holland because she knows, you know, it's going to come down to the deadlift. Well, what if Holland's pushing the early game so much because she can hang with them on the bench press um, and push them on the squat? You know, it could influence the way that the podium shapes up. How, how, what would be your picks? Having said, I do believe Merger from France is going to take that gold. Yep, I agree. 
I believe, I believe Weatheridge is going to take the silver. And I'm going to take, take Holland for bronze. I think she's going to nudge the Swede off the podium. And um, I think we got France, Britain, Britain for your silver and bronze. Uh, Britain with a great one-two punch collecting the last two medals for the win. I agree. And I think she's going to nudge uh, Emily off the podium just because I think her she's going to have momentum in that early heat, I hope, behind her. Yeah. Because she's, she's the best squatter. She's going to be leading the pack there. You know, Merger is by far the best bencher, but Holland is, you know, in second. So it's going to be a fight, you know, for the for the bench between Weatheridge, Leach, and Holland. But, you know, I think that squat and maybe if uh, she can tie it up on the bench press is going to help carry her through with a little bit of momentum. There it is, my friend. And there that wraps up. That's all that's all the weight classes in a short <laughs> hour and 35. It's man, it takes a hot minute to get through these. And this is why we can only do the open championships. It's tough to do juniors and masters when people hit me up in the DMs and ask, how come you don't do uh, other people's side just the open? Is there any extra little notes that we should be adding, or does that pretty much wrap it up good for you as well? I think we I think we kind of hit it all. We talked about, you know, competition histories, lineages, all that, any dynasties that we've got on our hands here. Um, people that are in striking distance of world records, do we think that's going to come into play? Uh, we talked about set 15 uh, divisions, five to seven lifters in each division. You know, we've almost cracked 100 people that we've <laughs> talked about it in the last hour and a half. So I think we've covered it. I think we covered it. Uh, listen, thank you very much. I know it was a last minute you hopping on here. Much appreciated. Um, I tell you Anytime. what. I tell you what. I'd love to have you back, sir. So many previous shows. I would love to be back. Okay, sounds good. Uh, thank you very much, and we will keep in touch. All right. See you, buddy. Thank you. And there it is, the 2019 European Championship preview show from Kinnelis. Hope you liked it. Um, if you want to debate the picks, go ahead and fire away. Um, I will be checking my DMs, and I'm always good for a nice debate. And uh, I'm going to drop this bad boy as soon as possible so everybody's got a bit of a preview. Don't watch the European Championship without listening to this episode. Let other people hear about it. Because the European Championships do not get enough attention. So they deserve this. Share this. Put this in your Instagram profiles and whatnot. I'll share it. Give it a high rating. Subscribe. Likes. The whole nine. Make sure you tune in to the 2019 European Championships. I know I'm not going to miss it. We'll do a recap show from Six Pack Lapidat. Until next time.